Welcome back to Everyday Humanity. This is Season 3, Episode 8. And as always, we're really glad that you guys are joining us this week. So I am Beth, for those of you who um, have not been following along. I'm still Beth. This is still Dennis, by the way. Hi, Dennis. Hi, Beth. How are you? I'm well, thank you. And I'm really excited this week because we have – I'm looking at these guys right now, and I'm like, I'm trying to decide if they're excited. But we have coworkers joining us today um, whom we love very much and have been at Maltrotter for a long time. And I think I'll, I'll have you do the honors of intros. If you don't wow. mind. Yeah, yeah, no, I would do that. I was I was just enthralled with what you're saying. Oh, you caught me off guard. Okay. So, um, first of all, in this corner, <laughs> no, um, we have Demacio. And Demacio, how long have you been working here? Seven years. Seven years. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you've been working at Mel Trotter for seven years. Mm-hmm. Demacio is kind, he's caring, he's a hard worker. He is 99% great. The 1% is that he's an Ohio State fan, just like Beth. So um, it it proves that um, at Mel Trotter, we demonstrate the compassion of Jesus toward everyone, including the um, people who really need to raise their standards on Mm -hmm. college football teams. Mm -hmm. And then in the other corner, a Michigan fan, which is also hard for me, but it is a lot easier than an Ohio State fan. We have my friend, Julius, how long? Have you worked? Five years. Five years already? Yeah. Wow. So here's what I'll say about Julius in the five years that I've known him. Um, Julius comes up with amazing ideas. Like, mm-hmm. I can't count how many times Julius in five years has come up to me and said, hey, Dennis, I've got an idea about how something can be made better. And sometimes it's not even necessarily in his area, mm-hmm. right, of mm-hmm. responsibility, mm-hmm. but he just sees a way that something can be better, and he just offers that, Yeah, and, you, and usually mm-hmm. it's with a guess in mind, right? Yeah. All, actually, oh, it's always. Always, always, right. always yeah. with a guess right. in yeah. mind. Yeah, yeah. You're like, hey, this would make sense, and here's why. Yeah. I love that about you, too. Mm-hmm. So, so honestly, I want to finish by saying this. Honestly, when I think about uh, Mel Trotter staff, right, and when I think about um, how amazing they are, and when I think about how servants that they are, mm. when I think about that, I think about you two because you two have stood the test of time. Mm-hmm. You two, to best point, you care about our guests and you do amazing jobs. And as a dad of boys that are a little bit younger than you, if my sons grow up to be like you two grow up to be men like you are, I'll be a pretty pleased dad. So I, I'm just excited about this one because I love these guys. Yeah. I appreciate it. I appreciate it a lot. So Mace, will you tell us and our listeners and viewers um, what it is that you do here at Mel Trotter? Yeah, so um, I'm a case manager, and what I do is I help support support the guests in any way possible and help them move forward in their in their journey out of homelessness, right? And they, um, I help them with, you know, getting income, you know, documentation such as IDs, birth certificates and all that, and also overcome other barriers that they're facing in their personal lives as well because, you know, we, we think of homelessness as, you know, they're, they're addicts or anything like that, but it's really just more than that. Um, and I'm helping them through that process and really tackling that, you know, head on and really just focusing on, you know, just moving forward so they can sustain housing once they, once they leave out and become, you know, better men. So. so seven years when you first started is what you just Well, explained. he didn't start as a case manager. No. So how yeah. did you start? Because that's for both of you, like that's my mm-hmm. question, right? Because you didn't, you've moved up. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. no, I started off at um, security, which is called IS now. And back then it was called GSS. Yeah. And uh, I started off there and uh, I, I was there for a little bit. And then um, that's when I became a supervisor of I, uh GSS or IS or whatever, <laughs> whatever uh, letters you want to come yeah, up with. Security. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then um, that's when I met this man, Juice, right here. And uh, after that, that's when I actually became a case manager. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. 
So what's changed for you perspective-wise, like coming from that lens of security mm -hmm. to where you are now, very proximate to the guests, helping mm -hmm. them as you described? Mm -hmm. What what can you share from the standpoint of like, what didn't you know coming into this job and what has mm -hmm. it taught you throughout your journey here? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> Big question. Yeah, right? right? Lots of things. a short one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so before before I came to Mel Trotter, um, I didn't, one, I didn't know Mel Trotter even existed. Mm -hmm. um, I was never around this area. The only time I was ever around this area, and you know, no shame to my mom. I'm not going to sit here and say that, but <laughs> it was more of, I was taught of like, if I, if I continue to be bad or anything like that, like this is, this is where you're at and, you know, going down division, seeing, you know, the yeah. homeless on the, the sidewalk and, you know, really camped out. And, um, I came here, you know, my, my father had a job here and he, uh, he introduced me to, you know, security yeah. <laughs> and, um, I, I came here with the intentions of, you know, just getting a, another job, if I'm being, you know, blunt. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it was at that time $11 an hour, which is crazy to say now, but <laughs> 11 <laughs> At the uh, time you were rolling it. Right. $11 <laughs> I was like, yep, I'm about to be making a dough right now. <laughs> but um, Season tickets in Columbus. Oh, yeah, for sure. What? Yes. Yeah, OH. Um, uh, but, yeah, um, I came, you know, came with the intentions of, you know, just working trying to, you know, trying to do my part and just, you know, pay the bills and stuff. Mm -hmm. But, you know, as time went on, you know, I started to figure out, you know, skills that I never thought I had, you know, yeah. having skills such as, you know, I can communicate well. I wasn't, so, I was, you know, growing up an introvert. Now I, you know, how to be an extrovert, you know, helping guests hands on. And I've always, I've always wanted to do something that was more than myself and wanted to do something that, you know, that would be helping others. That was just always in my heart, you know, because my mom was, such a you know she is such a caring person and she has such a big heart and you know that's something i've wanted to do it was either honestly it was either going to be that or military like for me yeah but you know um i feel like god led me to mel trotter to really help guys hands on and you know coming from a perspective of security of you know putting out fires every day because you know the homelessness are going through so much you know different things happen and that's just the world of security but going into case management now i'm more hands-on now i'm getting to sit with the guests and being like okay what can i truly support you in and what can i help out with um and th that is the the big difference is being more hands-on and i you know i love doing every single day you know i'm interacting with guests helping them out and you know just being proximate as possible and i, and I think that's just such an amazing thing to see transformation as time goes on you know i mean of course it's gonna be bumps and bruises along the way but seeing them come from like point a to you know now going you know leading out into their own place and seeing like they're actually being happy and being a different person it's just an amazing feeling so yeah i feel like that those are the two big things for me Good. when it comes to security and now it's awesome mm -hmm. okay julius how'd you start where did you start i know the answer is question but the listener doesn't what are you doing now what tell us about your journey so <clears throat> i started off as security gss which is now men's intake <laughs> um um, I started there, but then I received an email from Dennis, and then he just asked me, what did I want to do? I was panicking, went to all the advocates at the time, which is now case managers, and I was just like, Dennis just emailed me. He asked what I want to do, but <laughs> that was just a moment where, you know, I had to remain humble and understand why he asked that question mm -hmm. because, you know, nobody has ever really asked me, like, what is it you want to do? So mm. I started off the email with an approach that I took wrong when I was interviewed for a different um, position. But then 
I told him, and then he, he emailed me back within 48 hours. I was shocked at that, too. <laughs> so then um, Adrian and Mary came to me and offered me a youth case manager at the time. Now, since then, I done went from different positions. <laughs> but I'm going to just let the listeners know now I'm the youth coordinator. Um, I've been there since around January, February. I help with young men ages 18 to 24 who are facing homelessness, some of them for the first time, some of them this is just a repeated thing. I help them, I help walk alongside them and help them understand, like, this is a fresh start, you know, and I ask them what they want to do, and then I walk alongside them because everybody got different vision for what they want, you know. Some of them come from great homes and just that one thing went wrong. Some come from bad homes, some went wrong. So that's pretty much what I do. Wow. I love the part I picked up on is when you said I asked them what they want to do because that's what Dennis asked you, right? And it's not the reason necessarily that you asked it, but this is what it means to pay forward, right? Right. Somebody comes alongside you at your point in life when you need it most, Mm -hmm. and then you say, wow, somebody believes in me. Somebody Mm -hmm. sees me. Somebody cares about me, demonstrates compassion towards me. And it just gives everybody this feeling of, huh. Maybe I do deserve more, right? Maybe I don't deserve a life of homelessness. Maybe I do deserve the plans that I know God has for me, right? It just mm-hmm. takes one person yep. to come alongside any of us mm-hmm. in our, our worst moments um, that we never usually see coming, right? And yeah. to say, hey, what do you want to do? This isn't it, but how can I help you do what it is that you see for yourself? So that's right. really cool. Mm. I love that. Yeah, and I um, just to piggyback a little bit because he doesn't like boasting about himself, but I would do that. <laughs> But um, seeing Julius come from where he first started to now is just like a like a dramatic change. Mm-hmm. And I no disrespect Dennis, but I call him CEO Juice because he just had. <laughs> hey, <laughs> he, I'm looking for my replacement. So <laughs> hey, there you go, right there. But no, he just has the mindset of of someone that is just a, a natural born leader. Mm-hmm. And you know, right. when he first when he first came on, you know, he I mean, just being blunt, he didn't he didn't see that in himself. But now, like seeing that in himself and like him growing to who he is right now i can see him doing just so many greater things it's just it's just beautiful to see at least for me visionary right and that's where mm-hmm. dennis mentioned too you have a lot of ideas right mm-hmm. so mace is talking about this and and substantiating that for you let me ask you this question um why do you think tough question like but i'm asking it because i can um because the microphone's in front of me why do you think it is that you didn't necessarily see that in yourself um just coming from a place of um, where you didn't have many, much hope. You know, I grew up on the southeast side of Grand Rapids, one of the most dangerous parts. Yeah. So <clears throat> the biggest goal was coming from the urban community is just seeing 21. I mm. felt like I won at life. Just by getting to 21 <clears throat> years of age. Yeah, just getting wow. to 21. And then, you know, you just realize life kept going, and I'm just like, okay, what is it I want to do? But I still didn't have the answer and then one day I just, <clears throat> it was just like I was in a dark space and I um, I just prayed and I was just like, God, if you wake me up, I just got to go do something. You know, like I woke up, I applied that mail trial and I've been here ever since. Wow. Wow, I didn't know that. So that's mm-hmm. the parallel that I would love for yeah. you to speak on is, um, right, you were in survival mode. Yeah. Pretty much. That's what I heard you say. Like, you're just surviving. Like, hey, if I get to 21, that's that's my goal right now. Right. Mm-hmm. And then something changed. But isn't that like the story of most of our guests, right? They go. It is. Yeah. Right. And and the story yeah. of most of our guests, I was thinking, Mace, when you were talking, too, about um, 
who sees something in me? You know, you both were talking about that, right? Who mm-hmm. sees something in me? Do I see that in myself? And do I mm-hmm. see that there can be something different than my reality, right? Right. And, you know, I, in, in my time at Mel Trotter, almost 11 years now, um, I think that's one of my biggest takeaways is that oftentimes it can include what can I do for you? What can I do for a guest, right? So I'm going to help you get an ID or whatever. Mm-hmm. And all of that is important and necessary. But it feels like the biggest thing is who's going to believe in me. Right. And when we come alongside and say, I believe in you, you might not be acting the way I want you to act. You may not, frankly, smell the way you know we would like you to or whatever. Mm. Um, but I still believe in you because God believes in you. Right. Then all of a sudden people can start believing in themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and the thing is, when we have that lived experience, like you guys are talking about our stories, um, then we start figuring out that the people that we're serving aren't much different than we are. And the pathway forward is also very similar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and and that's what I think about with, with you guys. I think, frankly, I think it's why you guys are such great staff members, because sometimes you can forget that. And I don't think you guys have ever forgotten that. You know, you haven't mm-hmm. forgotten that to believe in somebody is really important. You know, to understand that for some people, the goal is getting to 21. And for other people that we serve, the goal is just waking up in the morning. Right. Right. Because mm-hmm. wherever they were last night, whether it was in a shelter or whether it was under a bridge somewhere, waking up in the morning wasn't guaranteed. Right. But now what's now? What's next? Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so what question for, for both of you um, in your time at Mel Trotter, is there one guest or one story that sticks out that has impacted you more than I mean, I know they all impact us. Mm-hmm. But is there one that really sticks out and you're like, yep, that that guest impacted me or that story for me um oh he bought you time to think (laughs) (laughs) for me there 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 was a guest actually there's multiple guests even the guest now that that really impacts me the most but um yeah one guest was he i think i just started case management and he came in and he was he was just in a broken place of just like just breaking down in my office almost every time we met and, and crying just about just all the things that he was going through. He was going through family troubles that his family didn't really just didn't um, connect with him well. And also just dealing with mental health problems that he, he didn't understand at the time because he was like in his 50s and he didn't understand that he had mental health um, issues at that time. So getting him connected to that was, was a lot. And then also just working with him in, in such a capacity where it was like, it was, to be honest, it was very stressful because it was just really trying to talk to him in a way that, you know, will communicate, but it doesn't communicate well with him. Mm-hmm. So it was, he was more of just, I say talking in riddles. He would talk about a topic and then he would talk about three different stories and then he would get back to the topic. So you have to break down like within the stories, like what is he trying to convey? So he, yeah, he, um, he did that for quite a while. And then he, but he started getting income, started saving slowly, and then looked for housing and actually eventually found housing. Um, unfortunately, he passed away after he, he left a little bit, but he, he's shown me a lot when it comes to just myself, but also shown a lot of just the community that's there, that they're going to, it's going to take some time for a lot of these guys. And they don't, they don't know what they don't know. And also like trying to let them know like, hey, these are the options that you have. And just a showing just a lot about myself than what I what I feel like I need in my life and feel like 
how blessed I am mm. um, to have my family and to have all the things that I have. But also, I'm I'm blessed to be the beacon of light for some of these guys. You know, a lot of these guys they they don't see it that way, but <laughs> <laughs> but you know, um, just being that that glimmer of hope that a lot of them needed because a lot of them said like, you know, no one has ever supported me in my life, and you're the you're the first one. Wow. And then just doing something simple as yesterday, I set up a room for a guest. Um, just like I, I got his, like his linen, his, um, I think his bed was like switched around. So I had to move that back. There was like trash in the room. So I just did that for him. Um, just something as little as that. And then having them come up to me and being like, Hey, you know what? Just to let you know, doing that meant a lot for me because no one has even thought of doing something as little as that before. So having that, having that type of impact, it just means, it just means the world to me and, and those those are things that probably impact me the most, for sure. Wow. <sighs> I can say what impact me <clears throat> is just the community alone, like the downtown area. Like I said, not being from down here, you don't. This is a whole different world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, like, <clears throat> one thing um, when we had the old day center where many male lives, it's just like, just coming from a place where it's like being defensive a lot and I remember a guest told me like and I use a lot of quotes in life but he was just like just remain humble you know and I'm like I'm like I am humble he's like no like the way you may like like say something to a guest they might not take it as what how you saying it It was like because the tables can turn and I'm like you know what you right and then to see a guest come in and he was telling me how Mel Trotter used to be and all this. And I'm like, how you know that? Because I used to work here. Wow. So I was like, oh, really? So then it was just an eye-opener, like, wow. But to see guests come in constantly day after day, like, you still here? Or the ones that go out of town, come in, like, you still here? It's just a humbling experience because it's like, y'all seen something that I don't know about. Mm-hmm. And for me to still be here gives y'all hope. You know, so um, mm. it's it's so many stories I can go on and on mm. about, but that's that's one impactful thing for me because it's like they when they come, they look for Maceo, they look for Ken, they look for they be like, is Dennis still there? Because we ain't gonna say the last person name, but they just <laughs> they be like, is he still here? And you would think he only was there for like a year, the way that they mm-hmm. you know make it seem. So when I'm able to answer like, yeah, he, they be like, you know, we proud of y'all and. Mm. I got wow. a keys. I got a house. So mm-hmm. you ain't going to see me no more. And I'm like, that's good. You know, so that's just impactful for me to just be a part of just the community in general. Yeah. That's How humbling to to have a guest or a former guest that's now in housing to walk mm-hmm. up to you and go, I'm proud of you mm-hmm. for helping me. Right. Like mm-hmm. that is. Wow. That blows my mm-hmm. mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And what I hear in that story, the takeaway is consistency. Right. They're asking, mm-hmm. is so-and-so still here? You're still here mm-hmm. because it gives people hope like that they're not going to be abandoned. Right. Mm-hmm. And that the consistency that they lacked growing up is now they come to Mel Trotter and they're like, OK, the services are the same. The right. feel is the same. The people yeah. care about me in the same way. That's huge. Right. Because yeah. um, it, it just provides a sense of safety. I mm-hmm. think, you know, just think of us, right, in our routines that we have yeah. every day. Right. You know, that provides a sense of safety every day. Like, I'm going to get up. This is, this is my routine. This is what I'm going to do. I feel mm. good about this. I feel like I'm settled, right. right, when I have those routines. And so many of our guests just don't have that. So it's hugely important to know that 
we have staff that have been here quite a long time. Mm -hmm. Right. And they see your faces and they know your hearts. And it's like, Mm -hmm. this is a relationship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I can remember it it listening to all of this. Um, I may have told the story before, but we had a guest. Uh, it was a longtime guest. He he passed away a few years ago now, but long time. I mean, for years and years, right? He had so many issues, uh, but he did eventually get housing. But I remember when his brother passed away, mm. uh, and we had a memorial service for his brother, mm. and uh, he came to the memorial service, and um, he was he was drunk, right? He was grieving his brother, and he was drunk. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had an opportunity for people to come up on stage and talk about his brother who had passed. And he got up on stage, and he said, um, he thanked Mel Trotter, and he said, my brother and I always knew that all we had to do was look for the cross because there was always help at the cross. Mm. And I think he was talking about, you know, cross God, but he was also talking about that physical cross on the corner mm. of Williams and Comer mm-hmm. that's been there forever. And I've had people say, when are you going to replace that? It's really an old sign, mm. but it's a symbol of hope, right? It's a symbol for people years later that can mm. go, that's a place I can always get help, which right. is really humbling for us to be a part of, mm-hmm. you know, because it's mm. like, man... I don't know about you guys, but like I get up in the morning and I'm like, I'm not really all that special. Right. Um, but yet God is taking us to this place to have this impact with right. these people, mm-hmm. uh, with, with his people. And um, it's humbling. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm going to ask you guys questions because one of the things I was excited to find out, look, I'm going to give Matthew props before we're even done. So Matthew, Matthew producer? our producer, woo woo, thank you, <laughs> uh, that Matthew shared with us is that um, the most frequently watched and listened to episodes... Uh, are with our staff members. Yeah, of the podcast. Mm. Yeah. Of, our, of this podcast, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because people, I think, who don't know what it's like to work here are like, they're just mm-hmm. curious, right? They just right. want to know. So questions. Outside of guest stories, which we've just covered, what would you say are like your most favorite portions, pieces of your job, and like the hardest things that you deal with every day? It's okay to say hanging out with me. <laughs> I'm totally think, kidding. That's, that's my line. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's the hardest part for me. Yeah. I, think, uh, <laughs> I, I will say the easiest part I really got the easiest part. I think the easiest part is is having knowledge of resources for any guest. Yeah. And um that's what I try to do um outside of youth is I try to listen in on what Mace is doing with his team, the triage team. That way if they're not available, I can still help that guest because if you lack knowledge, then they just feel like, Okay, can't nobody help me or right. this happened to me every day. Y'all don't help us, you know. Um and the hardest part is 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 failure, failing our mm. guests. Mm-hmm. I don't ever want to give them some information and they can't succeed in it. Mm-hmm. And I, and I be get nervous every time because, like I said earlier, like some of these guests don't have hope. Mm-hmm. And you know, I look at some of the things we're doing around there, and that's why I came up with the idea with the basic life skills um, that I teach the youth. Because I see that that's a barrier for a lot of people. Everybody wants just a job and housing, but you don't have the basic life skills, it's going to be tough, you know. So mm-hmm. I just don't want to fail. You know, that's the hardest part. Because if I fail, then they really feel like, well, if you can't do it and you work here, what do you think I'm going to do? You know, right. so mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. probably my hardest part. Yeah, no, thank you for wow. saying that because you are proactively cross-training. Is what you're doing. You're yeah, saying, right. you know what, I'm I'm leaning in and listening to what Mace is doing, other folks around the mm. nation, so that you can self-educate. And, and because you're so proximate to the guests, what you said is like, you know what their biggest barriers are. So you're like, okay, well, let's help them. How we figure this out? That's the visionary part, right? Which mm-hmm. is how do we go upstream, yeah. you know, to not only 
prevent this from happening, but then the folks that come and enter, like when they're here, what do they need? What do I know they right. need? Because I've heard them tell me. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, thank you for sharing. That's mm-hmm. pretty great. Yeah. yeah, what about you, Mace? Yeah, and um, kind, of to, kind of to expand upon that, like for me, is realizing I have, I mean, essentially we're all a team, so it's realizing that I have an amazing team. Like I have have people across the board that can do so many amazing things like when when i i have when i need an idea because i you know get brain farts all the time then (laughs) i go i go i go directly to juice because he's he comes up with so um, so many amazing ideas on the spot and then like having an idea i'm like hmm you know that is actually a really good idea let me implement that and then even everybody else because Vern is a a whiz with math and and financials and all that and have coming to him about you know what can we do to to help these guys financials and get like for them to break that barrier um just realizing that and then also knowing that team goes beyond just case managers it goes to you know goes to triage it goes to is it goes to all those and then there's so many great ideas and great minds out there that we just have to utilize them so i think that's the easiest part for me and coming in and knowing that that no matter what struggles I'm going through, I know for sure I have a team to lean on to be like, you know what, hey, I, I need help with, with something. And I know they, they're they going to have a good idea with it. So the toughest part of me is kind of almost the same thing, but it's almost like, so we have a guest that comes into what we call Tracks now, which was we call our programming at Mills. Um, it's really like them going through that, and then they kind of like, let's say, fall into addiction again. Mm-hmm. That's really hard to see. Because it's like we're dealing with this guest day to day, helping them. They they go like three weeks without anything, then all of a sudden they they hit that wall because something happens. The littlest thing can trigger, of course. So they hit that wall, and then seeing them like that, and you're like, okay, so you're helping them out with that, and then it's them consistently going through that. That that's probably a, a very tough thing for me. And um, I always say there's always a certain guest that can pull on your heartstrings mm-hmm. more than others. And for me, is the ones that that are dealing with mental health. Um, because sometimes they don't have no control over it, and sometimes they don't know about it, and it those are the ones that like pull on my heartstring, but they're they're tougher to deal with. Yeah. So that that's probably a hard part of my job is seeing them and not have any resources. Like I, there's a guest at the mission right now that he used to be a uh, at my high school like the the athlete. Like he was just like wow. he was a football star. He was gonna go to college. He actually went to I think he went to Western. I think he did. I'm not. Don't quote me on that. But I think he went there to play football, and you know he had high promise. And then all of a sudden, just one day, he just slipped into his mental health, and it was, yeah. it's very hard to see because I literally see him every day. Yeah. And he he knows who I am. You know, yeah. thank God. But other than that, he's just he's out in the streets every day. Yeah. And it's just it's it's hard to see. So those, those that's probably probably the toughest thing for me. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now the other side of that coin. Because here's my experience. Mm-hmm. I'm walking through the mission, right? Mm-hmm. And I hear laughter, mm-hmm. loud laughter. Right. So I naturally want to go be a part of it or at least look into it. Right. And nine times out of ten, when I walk into a room where there's laughter, I see you guys. <laughs> and usually Ken is somewhere right. in the mix. Right. So you're right. obviously having some fun mm-hmm. at your job. Mm-hmm. So one of the most fun things memories or most fun parts of your job or you know man for me i i'm gonna be completely honest for me it's seeing people like juice seeing people like ken <laughs> like seeing and seeing smiling faces like you guys every day is is just an amazing experience like i know like there, there's i've been at jobs where like i have to go in and i'm like oh i gotta do this again 
You know, I mean, granted, I only had like three other jobs other than this because I <laughs> kind of basically grew up at the mission. Um, so it, but coming coming in and speaking to Julius for like 10, 15 minutes, I know it's, it's going to be an amazing conversation because you know, I, you know, he's my friend basically. Mm-hmm. And then even even people like Ken and you know the team that we have, I, I consider them like family in my eyes. So it's just it's good to see them and come in. And I know I'm going to have a good laugh or I know I'm going to have a good conversation no matter what. So and especially with Ken, you're definitely going to have a loud conversation. Yeah, but, that's true. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> right. That, that's how he is. That's why we love Ken. So. Um, but yeah, that that's the that's the best part of my job is just being able to work with those those people every day for sure. I don't think Julius can answer that question though because you have zero fun, right? Like you're just no. I mean, I, I have I'm saying, fun, and I think <laughs> you make me laugh every day. I think what it is is having that moment to have standards, but a, allowing every individual to be ourselves. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, some workplaces you just like, and that's why I kind of tell my youth, like, I'm gonna be honest. Y'all have great personalities. I can't force you to work at a factory. Some factories you can't talk. Mm-hmm. And that's why y'all lose your jobs because of y'all personalities. So yeah. just being allowed to be us and still have to do our job is always fun. Like, I know if I'm down and out, just to see Ken walk past, <laughs> just to see Mace, or I might get a thought in my head when I see Vern. Seeing Beth, I'll be like, oh, here go Dennis. Should I call her CEO? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but just you so, know, so far the theme here is everybody's getting called the CEO except for me, <laughs> which is probably exactly how it should be. But I'm sorry, go but on. just even like when I finally got the meet Ken, you know, yeah. one of our old super, I mean, not Ken, Dennis. Um, you remember when I first ever met you, I was scared, I was like, yeah. because all I heard was if something happened and Dennis find out, you're gone. So I used to be like, really? Yeah, did I, <laughs> did I not hear that? <laughs> That's all people were saying. I've heard that too. Yeah, when I first started, because it's so not true, right? It's so no. funny. But that's the thing no, you're cracking it, up because you're like, wait, what? So I, that's, I think it depends on what it is. I didn't know people said that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that, but that just, but that right there, without saying, helped me become a leader. Like, okay, well, let me fix whatever the issue is, whether it's with guests, with my own peers, you know, staff. Like, okay, y'all, let's sit down because if Dennis finds this out, <laughs> y'all might be out the door. You know, and they'd be like, who's Dennis? I'd be like, look, just let's figure this out. Mm. So, but just when I first did meet Dennis and he was like, no, he was like, you know, mm-hmm. then we cracked a joke. Um, I'm not going to tell y'all his nickname that he told me was his nickname, but just as a CEO telling me something <laughs> like that. Now when I see him, I'm like, that ain't Dennis. That's such and such today, mm-hmm. you know. But, mm-hmm. yeah, just allowing us to right. be us. <laughs> you're, just, you're just teasing us. <laughs> but just allowing us to be human. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. and that's why I don't really refer to our guests as guests. I call them our family members because we all have a family member facing addiction. Mm-hmm. Y'all got a family member who tell you he got a job or she got a job and really don't. Y'all got a family member just right. want to borrow something. It's so You're right. when I tell mm-hmm. guests that, I'm like, man, you my family. Or when we are there on the holidays they, and they say, why y'all here? Or what you doing? Like, y'all my family. Like, mm-hmm. wow. you know, so... That's the fun part, and then just yeah. letting them be them, like. Yeah. And ha- having those, and then how people will be confused on how like how we conversate with guests because we we don't conversate like like a very professional manner. It's just more of <laughs> it's just accepting, right? You're no, meeting people where it's they are. Really real, exactly. Right? Yes. It's not exactly. it's not something you have to. 
practice doing because mm-hmm. it's real. You're not right. talking down to anybody. Yeah, right. You're right, with right. people. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And that and, and Julie said right on the nose is that when when we conversate with guests and guests and how we and how we interact with guests, we we don't we don't treat them like anybody else. We just treat them like like Julie said, family. Because yeah. we all know people that are down and out, and we they don't want to be treated differently anyways. Because you right. start treating them different, then of course they're not going to accept that love that that we're offering. You know, yeah. so. So, yeah. So I feel like this whole podcast has been one of the best recruitment tools for staff we <laughs> yes. could ever have, right? Because I mean, you guys are without us asking, you guys are going, This is why I love working here and this is why I love my job and this is what it's really mm-hmm. about, which is which is great. But it leads me to think, Julius, how many people have you referred to employment at Maltrotter mm-hmm. that are working at Maltrotter that either were your friends oh, or yeah, your family? <laughs> the real number. Yeah, the real number. <laughs> yeah, the real number. <laughs> Um, like about, I don't see half of them on third. <laughs> well, now I do. Um, probably like 12, 12 people. I think 12. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, and I bring that up right for a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons I bring that up is I've always thought that that's one of the ways, you know, if, if there's an environment that's good to work in mm-hmm. is if people that work there are telling their loved ones, right. their family, their friends, because if you really love your family or your friends and it's a bad workplace, you're not going to say, hey, come join me at this workplace, right. Mm-hmm. right? But if but if you love it and think no place is perfect, no boss is perfect, right? None of that. Mm. But if you really believe that you're treated well, that you can make a difference, that it's a good place to work, then you tell people and then you bring in 12 people, right? Mm. It's amazing. Mm. So if you are listening, you can be Demacio and Julius's <laughs> friend and you too can work with them. Yeah, that's something I do advertise, like... Whenever somebody asks that question, I was taught by HR, like, when they be like, how much you get paid? First thing I say, that's not my department, so I don't know. Because I don't want to discourage <laughs> That's somebody. a good answer. So yeah. I'd be like, I really don't know. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, but I also tell them, like, my five years, y'all have shown a lot of care mm-hmm. for staff mm-hmm. that I don't hear a lot of jobs do. Like... Mm-hmm. One thing was um, my daughter had a basketball game, and I'm like, man, I don't want to. Sib was like, go. I'm not going to leave Jeff. I'm not going to write me up. He was like, go. He was like, you can't get that time back. That's right. Or, exactly. or even I had reached out to Jeff. My son was having problems, and this was like two months ago. Jeff just texted me the other day, hey, we haven't been catching up. How your son doing? Mm-hmm. Like, just that. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, and I'm like, one thing this place do is care about your family. Mm-hmm. You know, they might not speak to you every day, but I guarantee you, they know you got a son, they gon' or daughter or something going on. They gon' I don't know if y'all put it in your notes or something, but <laughs> yeah, it's always that, and you don't find that nowhere. You mm-hmm. know, and that's that's the biggest thing. Like y'all, the higher ups care about us. Mm-hmm. That's what help us pour and care about our guests mm-hmm. more because if it's chaotic on our level, then we're going to drive y'all crazy and drive them crazy. <laughs> so I feel like we, we like, you know, it's like the sandwich effect, you know, like who just want two pieces of bread and no hamburger in the middle, you know? <laughs> just don't want that. <laughs> I don't eat like that, that. That's an interesting way of putting it. That, that, that's a, it's, a good way, it's a good way of putting who it. Who just <laughs> wants two pieces of bread with no hamburger in the middle? <laughs> that's a good way of putting it. I, I'm going to use that with my kids today. So, yeah, just that, just the way that, <laughs> eat, I mean, and we do it with each other, you know, like, yeah. If, 
If Mace can't make it in, he sends an email. I we make sure we shoot him a text. Hey, everything all right? You know, mm-hmm. you don't gotta tell us right. what's mm-hmm. going on. We just want to make sure you are right. You know, we right. gonna pick up where you left off and keep going. And everybody displays that here, mm. and I love that. So that's why I always be like, listen, you wanna come work here? Do your job first. <laughs> <laughs> but this what's come with it. We'll love you. We'll love you while you're doing it. Yeah. 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 So that's that's why I love it here. Mm-hmm. I love that answer so much. And um, it goes back to, I'm just going to answer this question for myself. I'm going to ask an answer. <laughs> the, e- the easiest thing for me is that it's mm. working for a faith-based organization. Because everything yeah. that we've mm-hmm. been talking about is because we are believers. Right. Because we love each other and we endeavor to show the compassion of Jesus, like Jesus did for all of us, right? right. And there were, there were no caveats. It's like, well, okay, you know, I'm going I'm to be up on the cross for you, but not you. Like It's all of us. It is right, all of us, right, which right. is why we demonstrate the compassion and help everyone, everyone who's experiencing homelessness. Right. A- and there is no differentiation. Mm-hmm. A- and what you're saying is there's no differentiation in how people are asking you, hey, how's your son? How's your daughter? It's mm-hmm. not just folks on your team. It's everybody because we are right. one big family. And to me, the thing that undergirds all of that is our faith. Mm-hmm. It, it just is. That, that It's special. Um, and it's something that we can never forget. And sometimes in the busy, you know, the busyness and the work that we do, it's easy to do that. But man, right. when we sit here and talk about it, like that's that's it. It's because mm. we're a faith based organization. Mm. Well, you know, there, there's a there's a Bible verse, and there's also a Christian camp song that was sung at every <laughs> Christian camp since you know Noah was on the ark. Um, and it's called "They will know we are Christians by our love." Right. And when we think about that, it's not they will know we are Christians by what we believe. They will know we are Christians by what we do Sunday morning at nine o'clock. All those Mm -hmm. things are important. But the verse is they'll know we're Christians by our love. So what does that mean in our environment? Well, then we ought to be loving each other. Right. Mm -hmm. Regardless of what your position is at at Mel Trotter, um, we ought to be loving each other if we call ourselves Christians. Mm -hmm. And then if we're loving each other, we ought to be loving those that we're called to serve. Right. Right. And, And I think, you know, all you have to do is turn on the news at night and you can see that this world, this country, this whatever is lacking in love. Mm-hmm. And who but the Christians to go, yeah, you know what? Um, love. That's what's important. That's how we're going to treat each other. Mm-hmm. You know? So I feel like now would be the appropriate place to look at these guys and go, I love I, you, man. It's so funny. I was just going to be like, well, that's where I ended. Love you guys. Thanks for being here. Like, I honestly was. This is getting a little great weird. Minds, uh, yeah, yeah, great minds. No, but honestly, you guys, thank you for yeah. everything that you do here. Mm. You know what? And hanging out with us and just being who you are. Yeah. We really do love you guys. Mm. It's 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 and, and our guests do, and it's just it's really a blessing to to work alongside you. So thank you. Yeah. Mm. Thank you. Yes, and thank you, viewers, listeners, for being here again on another episode of Everyday Humanity, and we'll see you back here next week. Mm-hmm.